Oh, morning. You know, we say it, we've said it quite a few times this year, like when, uh, when things don't go as planned, who knows, like sometimes it might, it just lets like God creep in and do maybe a little more than we, you know, planned or expected. We're good this morning. Um, yeah, I, you know, I just can't get over and I've said it so many times and, and I hope that it never loses meaning, but, but God is good, right? God is good. Yeah, just thought needed to say that <laughs> one more time. Uh, so it's spring. Who knows? It actually feels like spring today. Uh, who knows what this week was, but today feels like spring at least. Um, and, and who loves a good clean out at home kind of in spring? Maybe, maybe you have like a few moments during the year. It's not just spring. It might be, I don't know, every month you might have a clean out. You might need a clean out. But we are, we are looking over the next kind of three weeks at this idea of spring clean. A spring clean. Does anyone else get stressed out when there's clutter around? Does anyone else? Put your hands up if you get stressed out if there's kind of mess or clutter. Hands up if you don't care at all, because I know there are some people who don't care. <laughs> yep. Don't care. Well, uh, I, I'm, not the, I'm not the best. I'm not the best at keeping things like clutter-free, but... I know that my brain operates so much better when it is. Like, like I just, I feel better about life. I feel like everything is in its right place. There's, there's nothing around. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, so we, we've been working at home. We've been working uh, here at, at church. We've been uh, trying to get, like, clutter-free, trying to clear out all the rubbish, getting rid of the rubbish that we accumulate so often, right? Um, and over the next couple of weeks, we are, we're looking at this spring clean idea and, and how do we do the same in our lives? How do we, we kind of clear out the clutter in our lives? And we're going we're gonna to look at what the Bible has to say about that because you can, you can hear from me and I can tell you some things, but there's no authority or power in that, right? We're going to look at, at Scripture and what, what the Word says about how we can clear out the clutter and the rubbish in our lives. So I'm going to invite us to pray, and we're just going to, again, invite God to come and speak to us this morning. God, uh, come and speak to us. We thank you for your Word. We thank you for the truth it brings. We thank you that it comes with authority and power, and that it's transformational, that it changes us, has the power to transform us. God, you are good and you're a good father and you want the best for us. And uh, this morning we're going to be talking about what that means. Holy Spirit, make it true. Change our minds and our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cool. So, so spring clean. Who knows that it starts with taking the garbage out, right? There's no use in shifting garbage around your house, right? Or clutter around your house thinking that you're getting anything done. You're just shifting things, right? So it starts with take the... Lisa, there's a cue cue for a slide that was up a second ago. Uh, 
Take the garbage out. No? Okay. Uh, hey, take the garbage out. Uh, pretty logical place to start. Everyone with me? It makes sense in your mind. Logical place to start. Excellent. Now that this is up, everything is clearer. Uh, so, I, I kind of alluded to this, but do we have any brutal cleaners in the room? Where you are like, okay, there's at least one, where you're like, I am ruthless. If it's, if it's been sitting here for longer than a week and I haven't used it, it's going out. It's going in the bin, you know? Is anyone that kind of brutal? No, nah, I sometimes wish that I was. Yeah, a couple of little tentative hands. You know, you don't, those brutal cleaners who don't hold on to anything. Like, you, you, you're willing to let whatever go. Usually, your house probably looks pretty minimalistic. Oh, I dream for a day where I could do that, but it's never going to happen. Um, but I reckon that there's probably a few more in the room who find it hard to get rid of things, right? Where you hold on to things for maybe five years longer than you should. And that's generous for some. Where you're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this in a cupboard because one day it might come in handy. And then you move house like 20 years later and that thing's still sitting in the cupboard. You've never used it, uh, you know. Um, I think that most of us probably err more on the side of holding on to things. I, um, I moved office, I think it's about a month ago now, from, from Ingle Farm into here. And moving office is a great measure of that. Like, what have I accumulated in my drawers you know, there, there was a fair bit of stuff that, um, you know, and I can be a bit sentimental. Like there's, you know, like there's, there's some pieces of paper and they may have been from a moment and it probably isn't of any big significance, but I, I hold on to them because I'm like, that reminds me of that or I have a box of lanyards from camps. Like there would be hundreds of lanyards now, but it's just those things where I sometimes am a bit sentimental, but... But I had to decide in moving office, I had to ask myself the question, do I really need this? Do I really need this? Have I ever used this was actually another one that I had to like kind of say, but do I really need this? Is this making life better for me? So, what does a spring clean have to do with us following Jesus this morning? Well, I, and I'm guessing you don't think that I'm going to start talking about KonMari. Does anyone know? What's that? It's, does it spark joy? And Susie did that. And now all my T-shirts are folded weird in my drawer. But it's great because I can see them all. Um, I'm not going to talk about KonMari, although it might work for you. That, that could be good. I... I, uh, <laughs> we're going to have a look at what Paul has to write about spring cleaning, cleaning things out, getting rid of things. Uh, so could you please turn with me to Ephesians 4, if you've got it. And we're going to start at, at verse 17. Ephesians 4, starting at verse 17. This is Paul writing... Um, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far 
from the life God gives because they have closed their mind and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitude. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us all tell our neighbours the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. We'll kind of lead back into it, but, but did you notice, throw off, get rid, yeah? Paul's already starting to paint a bit of a picture. I want to look at uh, just one other kind of short little uh, few verses, which come from Hebrews 12, the writer of Hebrews. Could have been Paul, but we're not quite sure. Says this, therefore, and this may be familiar, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Cool. So when it comes to spring cleaning, it can be summed up pretty easily in the instructions of Paul to say, get rid of sin, right? We saw it in, in the Ephesians verse and, and even strip off every weight this get rid of sin, strip it off, throw it off, get rid of it. This morning is a little bit old school. It's a bit holiness talking about sin. I, I know we, I don't think we ever brush over the topic of getting rid of sin, but, but I want to say some things at the outset that are really important for us to know as followers of Jesus and as a, as a church community. Can I tell you, when we talk about sin, we're not talking about condemnation or punishment. We're not talking about judgment for our sin. We're not talking about just a, a set of rules that if we break the rules, we're in big trouble. But I, wanna, I want us to work with this definition of sin being we missing the mark. One definition of sin that we can look at is that we miss the mark. We miss the mark. God has a standard. God is 
perfect, right? He is fully holy, fully perfect. And can I tell you that God has a standard and that standard is the best possible standard for our lives. It's not about, here's a rule, you break it, you're in trouble. It's actually about if you live by God's standards, that is the most, the least complicated way to live life. It's actually the best idea for your life. Can I tell you that sin destroys us? It destroys us. Do you know that sin destroys relationships, doesn't it? It destroys trust. The Bible tells us sin leads to death. Sin makes life harder. Can I just tell you that? I think sometimes we think when we, you know, some of these things around sin make life easier, shortcuts or something. But can I tell you that in the long run, sin always makes life harder. It complicates things. It's more complicated. Who knows we don't need our lives to be more complicated? Yeah? Maybe that's just me, but I don't need life to be more complicated. I believe that God is a loving Father who wants the best for us, right? He's not an angry God who is like, I'm going to set some rules that you are never going to be able to obtain just so I can beat you around a little bit, right? That's, that's not the God that I know. I know a God who is a loving Father, who loves you so much, who wants the best for you, who wants you to live, John 10.10 10 says, a full, a full, rich, satisfying life, right? That's why God has these standards. Am I making sense so far? Yep, cool. Sin clutters up our life. It, it, it just makes it harder. And Paul is telling us to take the garbage out, right? Take the garbage out. So it's pretty simple this morning as far as what the message is. Is that each of us find ourselves kind of having to reassess where things are at sometimes. What clutter have I allowed in? What, what is there in my life that actually I'm entertaining or, or I've, I've let take hold that I need to take out, take that garbage out? What ways will that make life simpler, more rewarding, more rich, more fulfilling? <laughs> so how do we do that? And, and like I said, it's easy said. Paul just says, get rid of it, right? Makes it sound like it's, it's super simple. You just open the door, chuck it out, all good. But we know, we know that sometimes uh, getting rid of that garbage, the sin in our life, is a hard thing to do. We're going to look at um, 1 John uh, 1, starting at verse 5. Because the answer to us taking the garbage out is that we actually need to confess. We confess, we repent, and we seek forgiveness. That's the first step in how we take the garbage out. 1 John 1 says this from verse 5. Uh, this is the message we have heard from Jesus and now declare it to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. 
So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We're not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to Him, this is good news. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that His word has no place in our hearts. Verse 9 again. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. When we talk about taking the garbage out and cleansing us from sin, can I tell you it's not a work that we do? How good is that? It's actually a work that has already been done. We, we sang, uh, you know, oh, what a saviour. Isn't he wonderful? Like, like, Jesus has done a work that means all we have to do is confess to God. And because of Jesus' righteousness, we are cleaned and forgiven. That's good news, right? Who knows that sometimes it, it feels like it's a bit too easy? You ever get that feeling where you're like, God's forgiven me, that's good. Shouldn't I be paying like some punishment or something at some along? But how good is it that that's not what God does? It's not like, here's your sin, you're forgiven, but you have to do this before. No, you're forgiven. What Jesus did on the cross was enough. Are you with me? Give me a little wave if you're with me. You're awake, good. That's great. Cool. Confess, repent, seek forgiveness. Who knows that we miss the mark all the time? I'm just going to say I miss the mark all the time. All the time. Uh, Again, reading that verse just then, again convicted about not getting angry. Do you know how many times a day I get angry with my kids? Like, like I miss the mark all the time. And when you're angry, you do dumb things, right? You say things you don't mean. You act in a way that... You wouldn't usually act. Sorry, that's just me. I've just been convicted. I confess that I get angry. Um, What John writes is that we need to bring our sin to light. Let's not keep it in the darkness. Let's, Let's bring it to light where we confess, where we confess, where we speak out what it is. I, um, I've been thinking about it all week um, around what confession actually is. And, and sometimes I think to confess is the punishment. Does anyone ever feel like that? Like, oh man, I've got to confess. That's, that's a really hard thing. That feels like a punishment. But can I, t- I have to say again, that's not the punishment for sin. Jesus has dealt with the punishment for sin. Actually, the the idea of confession, I believe more than anything, is just self-awareness, right? Where we are aware where sin has taken a hold of, and we're just presenting it to God, saying, that's right, God, I'm aware now. Come and work in this area of my life, yeah? Come and work on that. I, um, I believe 
uh, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to convict us, is to go, hey, Nath, that area in your life, do you know why? It could be so much better. You, you need to take the garbage out. And the Holy Spirit does that to us. You ever felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit? I, I know some people probably think it feels like guilt, but, it, but it's not guilt. It's actually, it's the love of God wanting the best for you, right? That we can invite the Holy Spirit to come and convict us of those areas in our life. James 5.16, it's been mentioned a little bit in the last couple of weeks. It just says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. James takes it a little bit further. Um, in, in, the, in the verse from, from John, he was saying, confess your sins to God, which, which is what we need to do. But James is actually like, we are a body of believers. We're a church and we, we love our brothers and sisters in the church. And we're going to look at each other in the same way that God looks at us without condemnation, but with love, right, and accountability. And actually, part of the healing process might be that you do need to confess to a brother or sister, that you may need, you may need just a bit of accountability around it, right, where, where someone's willing to ask you, how are you going with that? Is, that? is that gone for your life? Have you taken that bag of rubbish out? Again, not out of judgment, but out of love for one another, right? I can tell you that I want the best for everyone in this room. I, I, you know, like I'm working towards that in, in all my actions, but do we want the best for the person sitting next to us this morning as well? Confessing to each other is that. It's helping each other, having love for one another. Cool. So we confess, we repent. Repent, the idea, and I've probably explained it a few times, is just... It's no good us confessing and then staying on the exact same track, right? That, that doesn't make sense. If, if, we're, if we're walking down a track and we know that this track isn't good for us, we can confess and we know that we're forgiven. But if we continue down the same track, we're just going to make the same mistakes, right? What repentance is, is actually a, a, a taking off of the track getting off of the rut and redirecting ourselves towards Jesus again. It's acknowledging that this, this track isn't a good track. For my life, this track hasn't been good. I, I, I've confessed what's going on here. I, I'm deciding to take the track that leads to Jesus again. That's what repentance is. It's a decision, but it's also an action towards. And like I said, Jesus is forgiven, but we seek forgiveness. We seek forgiveness. All right. The next step in this taking the garbage out is, uh, is something that we probably do every single week. And that is that we ask the Holy Spirit to make us more like Jesus. Romans 12, 2, a very familiar passage. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Transform our thinking. We ask the Holy Spirit to convict us of the rubbish that we need to take out. But we also ask the Holy Spirit to change our thinking. Can I tell you that we can easily justify sin in our lives? 
We do it all the time. And we can do it really easily if the world is our standard, right? Yeah, if the world's our standard, well, we can get away with this and we can keep living like this and, you know, we, we don't have to worry about some of those things that we just read because the world's standard, I'm okay by the world's standard. But how about this morning we make a decision to make Jesus the standard? We need a change of mind. We want to be disciples of Jesus, yes, in the room. We want to be followers of Jesus. Who knows that we have spent, some of us, decades being discipled by the world as to what's right and wrong. Our measure of what is right and wrong, what is good for us or not good for us, let's put it that way, that's a better way to put it, shouldn't be measured by the world's measures, what's good for us or what's not. Can I tell you, most of that is like advertising, you know, like Coke's good for you according to the world, right? Let's not be discipled by the world. Let's not conform to the behaviours and patterns and customs of the world, but let's be transformed by the Holy Spirit with Jesus as our standard, with the Word of God as our standard. Doesn't mean we won't miss the mark. We'll continue to miss the mark. But I hope every day we're heading towards it more and more. That there are, there are little slip-ups that we don't make anymore. That we keep taking the garbage out. That we keep cleaning out. Am I making sense right now? Galatians 2.20, again, just very similar vein to what we've read. My old self has been crucified with Christ. Is there any amens to that? My old life self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. The old has gone. Christ lives in me. It's a new nature being transformed like Jesus because Jesus is at work in our life. If we can testify that Jesus is God, Jesus is in us and transforming us. That's good news, isn't it? Uh, this morning, I just want to take some time for us to do a spring clean. I, I want to be super practical about it. You know, uh, we don't need high emotion or... You know, it doesn't need to actually be all, even all in your head. Well, we're going to take some time. Mark's going to play, or Lisa's going to play um, the song we sang before. They come to the altar. With, with some great words, you know, like, are you tired? Are you weary? Are you, are you hurting within? Come to the altar. Come to Jesus. He can take away. He can heal. He has forgiven. So we're going to take a moment. I want you to search. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to search in your life. A dangerous thing that we can ask the Holy Spirit is to come and convict us. So I'm going to ask you to maybe kind of walk on the dangerous side this morning. Ask the Holy Spirit to convict. Is there any garbage in me that needs to be taken out? Get rid of.
Paul keeps saying. Get rid of, throw off. Don't let it stick around. Let's, let's throw it out the door. You may, um, you may want to in this time. You may want to kneel. You may want to find a space around the room just to hang by yourself. You may, um, you may want prayer. And I encourage you to come forward. There'll be, I'll at least be at the front. We may have someone else come and, and pray with you if that's what you're wanting. You may want to write some notes. You may want to grab a, a spouse or partner and, and chat as well. I want, to, I want to pray for this space at this time. Like I said, God is good. He wants the best for you. Getting rid of sin isn't condemnation or judgment. This is actually wanting the best. How do we leave freer? How do we leave more fully alive. Let's pray. God, you are good. We thank you for the words that we've read this morning out of uh, Scripture. And God, we want to spring clean right now. We want to get rid of the clutter. We want to get rid of the garbage. God, some of that is really easy. Like it's, it's just, we just kick it out the door. But I also know this morning for some of us, it's, it's really taken a hold. We thank you that your redeeming work on the cross was enough, that we're forgiven. But right now we ask, Holy Spirit, that you heal and you transform, that you convict us and you help us get rid of that garbage in our life. God, we've missed the mark. We ask for the healing to take place. Holy Spirit, come and do your work right now. Let's not hesitate. Let's not wait. Sin is rotten for us. We don't want to hold on to it longer than we have to, right? So I'm going to ask for the track to be to be cranked a fair bit. Give us some space to come and do what we need to do. You might just need to sit and pray, find someone. I'm going to be up the front if people want prayer.
God, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you've done. We Holy Spirit, come and spring clean our lives, our hearts. Get rid, get rid of that sin. Confess that we miss the mark. Thank you that you're good in forgiving and making us whole. Give us the courage to confess to one another and pray for each other for healing. Holy Spirit, continue to convict. We want Jesus to be the standard, not the world. Pray in the name of Jesus, amen.